Welcome to the Green Edge Podcast with Michael Cross and me, Fraser Harper. This is our weekly roundup for the week ending 9th of December 2022. The 10th of December is the Green Edge's first birthday. Exactly one year ago, Michael and I posted our first article called The Business of Climate Change. And like the rolling snowball that some of us may see over the next few days, we've gathered a bit of momentum during the past year. We have. Um, our subscriber base has gone up nearly 20-fold. On a good day, we get a 1,000 hits. And we've added the podcast in the last few months. And that is now listened to in 30 countries. So we're obviously hitting a bit of a nerve and we're getting a good response back from both readers, listeners and subscribers, which is great. And thanks to all the readers, listeners and subscribers of The Green Edge. Now, coming towards the end of 2022, it seems appropriate for us to make a roundup of the year and we're doing it in two parts. Next week, we'll post on what for us have been the highlights and possibly the lowlights of the Green Skills year. And the week after that, Michael will post his top picks from the reports he's read during the year. Michael, you've read a mighty amount of them. We've probably been through the best part of a thousand reports in some shape or form. And we've boiled that down to a readable list of nine. And we've chosen those nine because we think they'll stand the test of time and will be foundational documents and tidbits of thinking that will shape what happens in 2023 and beyond. Now, alongside the reports we read, we also dive into green skills related data whenever we can. And where we feel it's appropriate, we like to build visualizations and infographics. And we've done this a few times over the year. And in this week's post, we're proud to introduce you to a new resource called the Green Edge Data Portal. The portal is available on the Tableau Public platform, which doesn't need a subscription. And at the moment, it contains a mix of interactive dashboards and downloadable images. And we intend to add to that content as we discover and examine new data. Michael, do you think we'll find a lot of new data in 2023? I think we will, because I think there are good signs from the Unit for Future Skills at the Department for Education. I think the work that ONS is doing, I think also what we're seeing happening up in Scotland, suggests that Skills Development Scotland and others will come together with some common definitions for what is a green skill and a green job. And I think we'll start tracking it in some with some degree of vengeance. Um, otherwise, if we can't measure and see it, we can't hardly expect the education and training system to respond. And a reminder that you can find this week's post, which includes a link to the new Green Edge data portal on greenedge.substack.com. And you can also find this podcast on all the major streaming platforms, including Apple, Google and Amazon. Now, we had an interesting conversation the other day with Tony Sanders of the Green Skills Partnership. The partnership was founded by TUC Union Learn and has been around since 2011. Tony is its head of training and development, and he told us about the partnership's approach to building its training courses. We ask the employers what they actually need from a potential employee. We write the courses accordingly. The traditional way of doing this through what was called the MVQ system in the colleges, they were sometimes 10 years out of date, out of practice, especially in the construction sector. So when we launched this, we said, look, let's have a totally new approach on everything. Let's look at how we can actually move this forward, bring the industries with us 
and using our partners to the best advantage. We see everything, everything as a big cake and we all take a slice of it and nobody takes a bigger slice than anybody else. And at the moment, we've got big contracts with the DWP and increasingly so with the Ministry of Justice in prisons throughout the country. We've got about seven prisons on, on contracts on the go now, mainly around different skill sets, etc. Believe it or not, we've actually been delivering in Lincoln Prison, where we've got a testing centre for CSES, um, delivering um, demolition, which is quite unusual for prison. And Michael, the Green Skills Partnership is just about to launch a couple of new training courses. It is two important ones. They've just got approval for their new qualifications for retrofit and also the Green Ambassador. Now, both of these are focused on the construction industry, which is crying out for qualified people to help with retrofitting, but also the management of the green impact, as it were, on local building sites. And the Green Ambassador role can clearly be extended to other sectors. Well, let's start with what Tony had to tell us about the retrofit course. At the moment, there are retrofit courses online mainly, but they're basically dealing with the people who do the survey and the design of the retrofit programmes. The professional side, and what contractors need is people who have got the skills to actually carry out the retrofitting. As you're probably aware, there's a massive skills shortage in this construction now we've left Europe. At the moment, when they do retrofit programmes, what happens, the contractor will get the contracts and and they, they have trade over trade over trade. So you'll have somebody come and do the internal installation or do the or get the substrate of the building ready and somebody comes down another. So what we said, let's train people to do they get one skill set, but we'll show them another skill set and another skill set because a lot of them are very adaptable because they've been in the industry a long time. You can get the people to do everything internally, including where they've got the um, ability to do so. Stuff like uh, plastering and decorative finishes and stuff. And there's actually the same on the, on the external. Now, as Michael said earlier, The Green Ambassador course is one which could be extended to other sectors outside of construction. And we see that it includes topics like sustainable communities and the impact of the global environment on agriculture and industry. This is how Tony described it to us. The industry hates anybody coming in trying trying to police them. I said, look, let's put something where we've got somebody who's in an advisory capacity. There's a link between the local community and the contractors. And it's worked. We've done, I think, seven small sites. There's so much waste in construction. They overorder between 20 and 25% of what materials they need. If they run out of stuff, they can't afford to do that because continuity and the labour costs. And what happens at the end of the contract, most of that stuff just gets buried or taken to landfill. I mean, I'm not talking about, you know, rubbish in general, but I'm talking about brand new bathroom suites and, and kitchens which have never been opened, stuff like that, and they're buried in the gardens of the new builds. And then people go to build, you know, go to dig their garden when they move, move in and they well, what's this in a tin of paint. The green ambassador is is has got to have good communication skills in the first instance. We trip to we we get that that's embedded within what we do. And they will be basically a liaison officer between the contractor and and the, the local community. So it's help stop all this litigation going on, you know, the local communities and contractors and the contractors are paying millions and millions to keep themselves out of court. And I think we'll hear more from the Green Skills Partnership. We certainly will. Well, we intend to meet up with them and with like-minded people early in the new year to share as much information as we can to ensure we actually push the Green Skills agenda forward during 2023. Now to finish, Michael, you've just seen something new from the Office of National Statistics. Yes, ONS did a consultation activity around the definition and use of green skills data and green occupational data. They've reported back on that and summarised the response from 107 people about which definitions people prefer and the like. They're now going to be running 
a new event in January to pull people together to refine some of this and intend to have a proper definition out by March 2023. Now, I'd like to make a quick comment at the same time on a piece of work done by Friends of the Earth and Transition Economics. This was published last year, but it did make use of the standards produced by the Institute for Apprenticeship and Technical Education. And they derived a bit of a scoring system about the status of some of these standards versus the green skills agenda and pulled out 161 standards that they deemed contributing to the green skills agenda. That's out of 571 when they did their analysis. There were 571 in December of 2020. There are now 817 standards. So no matter what, about 20% of them contribute to the green skills agenda. And it would be great to see the IFATE data combined with the work of ONS so we can actually have this occupational standards data alongside occupational definition data. That would be very useful. Something we can put in the portal? I think so. I think that would be useful at least to extract some of the tables and the listings in their appendix. And it just needs to be refreshed and renewed as we go forward. So we all use common definitions and common standards. Something for us to work on in January. Yes, after a wee break. Thank you, Michael. Thank you for listening to this Green Edge podcast. This podcast series accompanies the Green Edge newsletter, to which you can subscribe at greenedge.substack.com. The Green Edge is produced by Blue Mirror Insights.